Hey, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Today we are in Galatians 5, and uh, it really builds off of yesterday's text. And so let me start by just reminding us of the freedom that we saw, we experienced in Christ yesterday. You know, yesterday we looked at the dramatic identity change that happens in a believer when they go from being one who is uh, enslaved to the sin, uh, to their own sin, to the world, to Satan himself, and now they've been freed, they've been redeemed, and they've been adopted as a child of God. This is an amazing identity shift. And with this comes, with it comes incredible freedom. This experience of freedom that we have as those who have been freed from slavery. And now, now the believer, they have this opportunity <clears throat> to walk in this freedom. But the Apostle Paul, as he continues in his argument with the Galatians, he wants them and us to, to understand what walking in this freedom should look like and to be careful not to allow this freedom to uh, work its way out in the wrong way in our lives. And so look with me, starting in verse 13. The Apostle Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Now we, as, as Americans, we're like, freedom, yeah, freedom. And, and listen, Thank God for the freedom we have in our country. That, that's uh, it's a, an incredible blessing. But that's not the freedom this is speaking of. This is talking about a, a freedom from sin and shame and guilt from bondage to our old life. He says, only not, do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This freedom is meant to have a specific outworking in our lives. And it's not a freedom that says, I am free, now I can live however I want. Instead, it's a freedom that says, I am free, now I can with love serve other people. I am free from living for myself, so now I am free to live for the benefit and the blessing of others. Verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in one phrase. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is incredible. The freedom we have is a freedom that allows us to now live looking out for the best interest of others. I mean, this is, this is Christ-like freedom. Christ was free ultimately free, free more than anyone else. He is pre-existed. He has always been, and he chose in his freedom to come and do what's best for us by saving us. So now we do the same thing. We look to our neighbor. Who are the people around us? Who are the people God has placed in our lives that we can now love sacrificially like Christ has? Verse 15 says, but if you bite and devour one another, Watch out that you are not consumed by one another. How sad is it that sometimes in the church, those who have freedom, they begin to say, I am free to make things work the way I want it to work. I am free to demand my expectations, my privileges, my rights. See, we are free. And in that freedom, we are to live under the obligation of loving each other. Not as a burden, but as a joy. But sometimes what we do instead is we bite and devour, we consume each other. 
says, what is, what is the solution? Verse 16, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is what freedom is meant to allow us to do, to walk by the spirit, to be filled with the spirit, to live according to the spirit. This is when he says walk, this is Paul, one of his favorite verbs, because it is meant to describe the entire ethic of a life, the, the entire morality of your life. He says you are, your ethic and your moral living, your manner of living, it is to be by the spirit. What he does next is he describes the, the, the deeds of the flesh, all sorts of negative, evil actions and motives. And then he describes the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, uh, self-control. I, I miss one uh, in there. But, but these these this fruit of the spirit this is an outflow this is an overflow of the spirit working in your life the spirit working in your life is you look around and you say how can i love others instead of look out for myself how can i care for others instead of be concerned primarily with myself and then after you list out the fruit of the spirits fruit of the spirit verse 25 and verse 26 it says if we live by the spirit let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Look here, it says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You see, here's the point of, of all of this chapter. The point simply is that when we have been freed by the work of Jesus, when we have been redeemed and adopted, we are now free not to live for ourselves in contention with other people, but we are now free to live loving other people, serving other people. Instead of becoming conceited, prideful, arrogant, we become caring. Instead of provoking one another, instead of saying, I, I, I'm going to get something out of this person, we, we, become, we become servants to others. Instead of envying what others have, I wish I had that, we look for what we can give to one another. And this is, this is spirit-birthed selflessness. This is the opposite of the world. This is the opposite of the flesh. This is the opposite of what we used to be bound by. We used to be bound by looking out only for ourselves. Now we are free to care for others. This is spirit-filled living. When we, when we live first for the glory of God and then that, the overflow of that is living for the good of our brothers and sisters, living for the good of our neighbors. So let me... Let me just ask you to take an assessment of your life. The ancient way for the modern day is to live as one who is free and in that freedom to serve other people. What does your schedule look like this week? Where are the places where you're intentionally caring for and serving others? You know, let me speak to those who, if you're part of Valley or maybe you're part of a different church, are you, are you serving in the church? I know most churches, they've got great needs in their youth ministry, in their children's ministry. Are, are you using your, your time, your, your caring heart 
to disciple the next generation, I would ask you to consider that. There's a great need. Are you, are you meeting with brothers or sisters in Christ to, to encourage them, share a meal, share a cup of coffee, pray for them, look out for what's going on in their life? Do you know of someone who is on financial hard times? Maybe you can help them out. Maybe you can pay one of their bills. Maybe you can bring them a meal. What does your life look like? Where are the places where you are being led by the Spirit to, to positively impact other people's lives? This is what discipleship is. I've heard discipleship being defined as, as doing spiritual good for others so they can grow in Christ. How are you doing spiritual good for others so that they can go in Christ, grow in Christ. This is our ancient way for our modern day.